The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is your July 17th, 2020 edition. I'm going to be joined in just a moment by Steve Alexander. Quickly though, just a programming update for you. We're going to be bringing you podcasts now twice a week uh, on Tuesdays and Fridays. Today, I believe is Friday, as I just said, we'll be coming at you uh what? I'm just repeating myself now, so I'm just going to welcome in Steve. Steve, what is going on? Not a lot. Uh, we're waiting for this thing to get going. Uh, we said goodbye to Mike Gallagher in a podcast on Tuesday, I believe. Was it Tuesday or when? Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. And uh, Ryan and Mike and, and I talked about our, our histories at Roto World. I started thinking about the great Matt Straub and how long have, how long have I known Matt Straub and <laughs> I think it's probably 12 or 13 years. So if, if you don't mind, humor us with a, a quick recap of, of how you ended up at Roto World and NBC and uh, how long you've been knowing me. I'll do that. But first, I'm going to do something else. I, I want to ask you, because we were briefly talking offline before we hit record, and I gave you the data that led you to know that you've known me for 12 years. I want to know, honestly, point blank, what would your guess have been if I hadn't told you when I started writing for Roto World? Uh, I think I would have guessed right around right around there. Um, okay. I knew it wasn't when I was in Indiana, which ended in 2004. I knew it was a Georgia thing, and I don't feel like you were part of the Roto World scene until NBC bought it in 2006. That is all correct information. That was, I just wanted to check in because, you know, Steve, sometimes we, we get a little confused <laughs> about time on this podcast. So I just wanted to see what the deal was. Well, happy Friday to you, by the way, Matt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Same same to you. Uh, <laughs> it was, I believe it was 2008. I was working at NBC Sports uh, where I worked full time for about 15 years. And a guy wandered into my office, a guy by the name of Greg Rosenthal. And uh, he was like, hey, Matt, you're an NBA guy, right? And I was like, yeah. And uh, he was like, you want to write some NBA stuff for Roto World? And that's pretty much how it started. And then I think Round Ball Stew started that 2008-2009 season, I believe, and uh, has been going ever since. Wow. The great Greg Rosenthal, tennis enthusiast and possibly tennis gambling junkie. I'm not sure. He loves tennis was that this year that we met greg rosenthal for fried chicken in atlanta or was that last year i well, am completely was, lost that was the super bowl before last okay I think. yeah that sounds right weren't you wearing a sweet johnny collins jersey that day i was i was yes at gus's fried chicken in downtown atlanta that that must have been last february but again time really in this podcast is basically a vacuum <laughs> nothing really matters uh time wise so yeah we'll just leave it at that 
Uh, Steve, I was on RotoWorld.com. In just a second here, we're going to talk about some of the trending names on RotoWorld. Who's been in the news? A little Victor Oladipo, a little De'Aaron Fox, a little Karis LeVert, a little Zion Williamson, and others. But I, I was looking at the trending names, and above that, there is a video uh, with the caption, Who Used Time Off Well? Talking about NBA players. And I, it led me to wonder, Steve, have you used your time off well? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. The, I, I started playing golf again pretty pretty seriously, and you know I was carrying like a seven or an eight handicap back in the mid nineties. I was I was pretty good. I was I was getting down to the finals in some club championships, and and I, I was I would shoot between seventy five and eighty five pretty regularly. And dude, that's legit. You take fifteen years off, and you get fat and old, and you go out there and try to play, <laughs> and it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty sad. Uh, I, I'm just trying to break 100 these days. But I'm also playing a really hard course from some pretty deep tees. But uh, it's the game is not coming back to me as quickly as I had hoped. Well, I'll just say I've been playing a lot of golf too, although I have a really different history. I only started playing about eight years ago, probably right around the time you gave it up. And uh, you said the game is not coming back to you as quickly as you hoped. The game is not coming to me as quickly as I'd <laughs> hoped. But uh, I, too, am just trying to break 100 these days. But I think I think we're seeing some progress with all the golf I'm playing right now because one of my favorite activities, recreational activities, pickup basketball, has been indefinitely canceled. So golf is really pretty much it for me as far as actually getting out of the house and doing something goes. So yeah, and there's a lot, I, a lot of golf in my future. I worked on my shoe book a little bit and uh, been sharing some shoe stories, some of the chapters of that book in some of my columns. And uh, I, I probably should have spent a little bit more time on that. I probably should have tried to find someone who would actually want to publish that. But I mostly... I want to publish it. I watched a lot of Big Valley. Uh, <laughs> I watched way too much TV uh, but I also spent a lot of time with my family and my kids and, and all that stuff. So it wasn't a total waste, but I, I certainly could have been more productive. That's fair. That's fair. And I appreciate you being honest about that, Steve. I do. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's get into a few of these trending names here. Talk a little real basketball. Let's start with the number one trending name the last 24 hours or so on rotoworld.com. And that would be one Victor Oladipo, who, after he first said he wouldn't play during the restart in Orlando, he has recently told reporters that he could, in fact, play. He's been practicing, etc. Steve, Oladipo had a season-high 27 the night before the season shut down back in March. I just feel like, I mean, is there a bigger wild card? Like, when you look at the whole picture, is there a bigger wild card than Oladipo? I mean, he might not play. He might play, but not play well. He might play and play spectacularly. Like, his range of outcomes is just insane. Yeah, it is. And it also is going to affect so many other guys, too. Because, you know, for a minute there, it was really looking uh, like Aaron Holiday was going to be the man. And and TJ McConnell was going to see a big boost. But if, if Depot's going to go out there and play, obviously that impacts the team all the way, all the way down. And I don't think... I don't think Oladipo would be in Orlando right now, and I don't think he'd be talking about playing unless he was planning on playing. I, th- I think he's going to play. Yeah, it does sound like a very a very firm probably, as in I agree with you. I think that we should be expecting to see him play. Uh, one other quick note on the Pacers' backcourt. Pacers reporter Scott Agnes writes that Malcolm Brogdon went through practice 
for the first time Wednesday after recovering from COVID-19. So that's another big name in action there. And that obviously further diminishes the uh, appeal of McConnell, Holiday, et cetera. Yeah. And I don't think with, with Oladipo, I don't think I'm going to be rolling him out there right away in, in DFS. I think he's his price is still going to be too high based on his name, probably. We don't know how many minutes he's going to play. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be careful with him, especially, you know, for those eight regular season games. But I'm interested to see how he looks, and I'm also interested to see how the Pacers play with him back in the mix because they had a really good year with him not there for a lot of it. Let's head to Sacramento where De'Aaron Fox, this is per James Hamm of NBC Sports, He sprained his ankle this week, and the team is reportedly not going to rush him back from that ankle sprain. He's going to be reevaluated in seven to ten days, which begins to put us pretty close to the start of things, to things restarting. And and if we're talking about cheap DFS names, I guess that puts uh, Corey Joseph into the mix as a potentially very cheap DFS name to use early on. I think Kojo is going to be chalky. A lot of people are going to use him early. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fox takes it very easy till the well but the kings are fighting to get into the playoffs so they they need him but i don't know if he's going to be ready to go when things kick off i think Corey joseph is going to be a a guy that a lot of people are going to want to want to use uh he's going to be the starting point guard he's he's had some very good runs throughout his career uh but he also has the ability to not go on a run uh so he's he's going to be um He's going to be an interesting guy to use, but I think the price is going to be right. I think he's probably going to start maybe the first three games of the return for the Kings, and and he's a guy that I I would not hesitate to throw out there. Just a couple other Kings notes. These guys aren't trending, but uh, James Hamm also reports that Buddy Heald is ramping up as he gets back into shape. And from Jason Anderson of the Sacramento Bee, Rashawn Holmes will be eligible to return to team activities by July 22nd after his now infamous takeout food related quarantine concludes uh i mean i know that is not a new headline but it's truly just i mean what a delightful story yeah if you missed it rashawn holmes went outside to to meet the food delivery person and uh i I wonder if he got to go back in his room and, and eat his meal i wonder if they just apprehended him immediately i mean you gotta think if you're gonna do the quarantine time you should definitely be allowed to eat the meal you know what I mean? That's that's like double punishment if you take away the meal and make him quarantine. Matt, what restaurant would you break quarantine to eat at? That's a really good question. I think for me, I, it wouldn't happen in Orlando because there isn't one there. But if there was a Skyline Chili mm-hmm. across the street, and that's like a Midwest Cincinnati, Indiana thing. If sure, there was a Skyline sure. Chili restaurant across the street from my hotel in Orlando, we, we would have issues because I live... You know, the closest one to me is like 10 hours away. It's a 10-hour drive for me to get to the Skyline. It's my favorite food of all time. If I was right across the street from one in Orlando, I, I'd probably be kicked out of Orlando. <laughs> I was The first thing that came to mind for me was uh, a local burger place that I think only is in Atlanta called uh, Grindhouse. I don't know if you've ever had Grindhouse, but that was the first uh, the first name that came to mind. Okay. All right. I need to check it out. But, I mean, I'd have to be pretty hungry to do that you know what i mean i'd have to be pretty desperate because i'm not that discerning of an eater so i don't i can't imagine myself getting into that situation well I, things might change though at two o'clock in the morning if you've been shotgunning miller lights all day because shotgunning <laughs> miller light is apparently a, a big pastime at the bubble 
And uh, uh, amazing, you, you, amazing. You five or six of those, you might be you might be venturing out looking for some food at two a.m. This is true. This is true. Next up, Nets coach Jacques Vaughn, still getting used to that, told NBA.com that Karis LeVert has a, quote, different swagger about himself. And Karis LeVert is a name who has had a lot of buzz lately. And I'm starting to feel like, Steve, can the Karis LeVert restart hype get any more intense? Well, and you mentioned Oladipo's game right before the break. Karis LeVert was balling out. (laughs) Like when, when this shutdown happened, he was going off. He was doing everything we thought he was going to do at the beginning of the season. Uh, and now that the Nets have been completely depleted, it's basically going to be Karis LeVert and four G League guys out there on the court. Like, he, he's going to go crazy. I think he's going to be expensive. He's going to be overhyped. And I'm probably going to use him every time. <laughs> the, the numbers you were referencing in the five weeks prior to the NBA shutting down, over 16 games, LeVert averaged 24.1 points. 4.8 rebounds, 5.3 assists, 1.7 steals, 2.7 threes, shot 45% from the field, nearly 80 from the line, had a 51-point game in there that just seems like an eternity ago, and really was, four and a half months ago in early March. You know, so much time has passed and so much has happened that we forget. But, yeah, he was out of his mind. He really was. So, I mean, the, the hype is there for a reason. Um, let's just hope he can stay healthy because that's, that's been the big problem over the last couple of seasons. Some news from Thursday morning. Zion Williamson left the Pelicans to attend to a, quote, urgent family medical matter. Uh, As of us recording this, it was unclear what that was. Also unclear when Zion would rejoin the team. He would have to go through a quarantine once he returned. The Pelicans open less than two weeks from now on July 30th. Zion was also reportedly dealing with some calf cramping, Steve. But obviously him leaving the team is the bigger headline here. What was your reaction to that? I, I was surprised that he left. I mean, I've made it pretty clear that the Pelicans are one of the teams that I'm most excited to watch in this eight-game play-in end-of-season scenario because they've got a real chance, if they're at full strength, to get in there. And then when they get in there, uh, with the way Lonzo Ball was playing, having Drew Holiday, having Brandon Ingram, Derek Favors kind of playing out of his mind, if Williamson is healthy and good to go, nobody is going to want to touch them. And... So I, it's kind of a big deal to me that he left. Hopefully everything is okay, but I kind of feel like the Pelicans feel like they can win this thing and they want to try. And I, I think he's going to be back, if not for the start of the restart, at least by the playoffs. And But they need him in those eight games to get into the playoffs. So I, I think he's going to come back now. I have not seen video footage of Zion Williamson. I also haven't looked for it. Uh, so I don't really know how he looks. I haven't read how he looks. Hopefully he's in top shape and ready to go. But if he's cramping, maybe he's not in great shape. I don't really know. There was a photo that went around in which he looked absolutely shredded. I don't oh, yeah. know. I'll, I'm going to send that to you right now, Steve, so you can. Uh, photo. Oh, yeah, here we go. I could have done some research before no, this. No, no. And I, I'm going to send it to you right now. This is from early July. You were out on the golf course. Is this coming in a text message? This is coming in a text. But... I'm ready. All right. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks good, man. Yeah. That was from early July. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, look, Zion has plenty of time to get back in theory. So Yeah, because we're still, we're still a little under two weeks away from this thing yeah. getting yeah. going. 
And as our blurb says on Roto World, he would have to quarantine for at least four days when he gets back. So, you know, I, I, we're not in any point yet where that is a cause for concern about his availability just yet. Hey, while we're, while we're talking about the Pelicans, I mentioned it briefly, but this Lonzo Ball thing, the way that kid was playing right before things got shut down, like he was playing at an all-star level. I wasn't sure we'd ever see that. Like, I'm, I'm so excited to watch that team, and I want to watch the Dallas Mavericks, who now that they're healthy, Luca's healthy, Porzingis is healthy. Who? Like, who was that? For who was that one name you said? <laughs> uh, a guy named Luca Doncic. Oh, oh, uh, oh, okay. Carry on. They feel like they have a chance to win it all too. So I'm gonna probably be setting the DVR for every Pelicans and every Mavericks game. I'm fired up. I'll say I like Zion. I think they're. I'm not the world's biggest, you know, Zion hype guy, but. As for the Pelicans as a whole, I completely agree. I think that team is a lot of fun with my my beloved and woebegone Atlanta Hawks, not in Orlando. I think the Pelicans are the team, the number one team I'm tuning in to watch. I love that, that team. So much fun. And also, have you seen the videos of Luka kicking a basketball? I haven't. You can send that to me as we're ping-ponging media back uh, dude, and he, forth here. He kicks one in from like the three-point line, and then he's there, there's video of him like just doing – soccer drill with a basketball and it just goes forever shooting like 32 percent on threes you might as well try kicking him in also we while we're talking about luca we might as well mention that he's what sitting at like 75.1 percent or something from the free throw line wow the jersey is the jersey is hanging in the balance for these eight games that is true and for anyone who wasn't with us early in the season when we made this bet. We bet on Luka Doncic season-long free throw percentage, whether it be over or under 75%. As Steve said, it currently sits 75.2. If it's under, I win a jersey of the player of my choosing. Uh, at last update, I think that was going to be a Daniel House jersey. jersey. <laughs> uh, and if Steve wins, he gets a jersey of his choosing. If it's do, you over reserve, do you reserve the right to renege on the Daniel House jersey? I, I am... Uh, I am not going to Yes, I do. <laughs> You're not going to commit to anything right now. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna commit I'm not gonna commit to that just yet. Could be but, a Karis uh, Levert jersey. It could be. It could it could change. I'm not gonna say that it, it can't change at this point. Okay. But as of now I'm still committed to Daniel House. And okay. quickly about Lonzo Ball, just since end of December, just to throw some numbers at you guys. Averaging 14.2 points, 7.3 boards, 8.5 assists, 1.6 steals, 0.8 blocks, 2.93 pointers. That's in 31 games. That is an exciting platter of, of stats right there. It really is. And, and to do that on the same team with all those other guys, Drew Holiday and, and Brandon Ingram, those guys are such they, – they always have the ball in their hands, and, and not to mention Zion. It, it's pretty impressive. It is. And Zion, by the way, in his last 15 games, has only played 19. But in his last 15, was averaging 25.1 points per game. So, yeah, Pelicans are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Quickly want to hit Houston. James Harden, according to Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, was set to practice on Thursday after a late arrival in the bubble. And as of this taping, there's still no clear timetable for Russell Westbrook to return. You know, James Harden could literally sit on his couch for four months straight and walk in to the arena and play a game for Houston and score 55 and, and just ball out. Like I have zero concerns about Harden being ready to go. Westbrook was playing arguably as well, if not better than Harden for, for a lot of this season. He's dealing with some COVID issues. 
I think he's going to be fine and ready to go. Houston's another another team that nobody's going to want to play, and and they, I believe their starting center will be shorter than I am. So, <laughs> Russell Westbrook's percentages were one of the most fascinating, not fascinating, but one one of the big you know fantasy storylines of the season. He was shooting forty seven point four percent from the field, up from forty two point eight last season, and seventy seven point seven from the line after shooting sixty five point six percent in 2018-19 so he fixed two of those categories where he was a huge anchor in fantasy has fixed him obviously doesn't matter for dfs but that's been good to see definitely from westbrook so hopefully he'll be out there back out there sooner rather than later also there's been a lot of hype coming out of mike d'antoni about how good eric gordon looks but let's keep in mind that uh westbrook and harden were not around for that and (laughs) i i'm not i'm not super fired up about eric gordon just for the record I would feel the same way. Steve, there were a couple names you brought up before we came on here. Trey Lyles is one of the trending names on Roto World, possibly for the first time ever. I wouldn't guess he's been in the trending area too many times. And Alex Caruso also making an appearance. You want to quickly break down those guys? The Trey Lyles news that he had an emergency appendectomy and is done for the year is, you wouldn't think it's a big deal, but it is because he was going to be sort of the man filling in for LaMarcus Aldridge, who is done for the season. So I was fired up about Lyles. I think he was going to be a cheap guy to use in DFS. He was going to produce. I was kind of excited about it, even though I'm not ever excited about the San Antonio Spurs usually. But with Aldridge gone and now with Lyles gone, I mean, it, it's is it going to be the Jakob Pertle show? I mean, I think it probably is. I think that's who Pop's going to really have to turn to. That's the guy that I'm looking four to step up with those guys gone but it's not as exciting it I, I was fired up about Trey Lyles he gets rebounds he hits threes kind of a kind of a fun player and we're not gonna get to see him it seems like maybe Rudy Gay is gonna benefit too is like a small ball four kind of situation probably probably um, but that is a very thin very very thin front court wow and who was, who's the other one you said did you say Alex Caruso I said Alex Caruso, yes. Yeah, so Alex Caruso is going to be stepping into Rajon Rondo's shoes. Rondo is out like six weeks with a broken thumb, maybe longer. You know, LeBron kind of runs the point on that team, but there's there's been talk that Caruso's going to run a lot of the point. Um, they could run offense through AD or Kyle Kuzma. There's been talk about that. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is going to be starting for Avery Bradley and... An interesting stat with that is in games this season when KCP started for Bradley or over Bradley, the Lakers are 17-3. and That is not lost on Frank Vogel. The Lakers are going to be ready to go with or without Rondo. They seem to think Rondo is going to be back for the playoffs. Uh, Every little bit will help them as they try to get LeBron James a fourth championship ring. It is all hands on deck in L.A., and I think Kuzma Kuzma benefits from this just because he's a healthy big body and, and they feel like um, he could point forward this thing along with LeBron and, and run some of the offense. So it's going to be interesting. I was trying to load KCP's splits as a starter, and I had a complete computer meltdown. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Oh. I was hoping for more excitement. As a starter, he's averaging 11.1 points, 2.3 rebounds, 2.0 assists, KCP. So we're not necessarily looking at a DFS bonanza or anything. 
But uh, I didn't say KCP was good. I said the Lakers <laughs> are good when KCP plays. <laughs> sure, sure. And I was just trying to give a little perspective in case anyone was getting excited about that prospect and thinking that he might be a, a nice cheap DFS play. And he, he may be. He, he could be because Bradley's not even going to be available. So yeah. with Rondo and Bradley both out, you never know. KCP could really step up his game, and they could you know structure their offense that they're either going inside to AD or outside to Kuzma and KCP. Yeah. Yep. Meanwhile, a guy, LeBron, they'll just run him around the court as a decoy. <laughs> uh, Steve, that about does it for the names I want to hit. Do you have anything you want to uh, mention before we get out of here? Uh, you know, Matt, you were gone for three months, maybe. Uh, you're back. I couldn't be more excited about it. Um, we've made some additions and some subtractions at Roto World, but I love doing these podcasts with you. I think you do a great job with them, and super psyched that you're back and uh i guess that's all i got welcome back man thanks man i appreciate it i'm excited to be back i appreciate the kind words don't forget to subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher wherever you listen take a moment to rate and review us as well we are here as i mentioned earlier every tuesday and friday moving forward also keep it tuned to rotoworld.com with lots of coverage coming up with the nba restart less than two weeks away thank you everyone for listening steve thank you for joining me we'll talk to you soon all right we'll see you on tuesday the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.